Hello, Assalamualaikum everybody. Hope you're all safe, sound and healthy. And if you are listening to the, uh, the sound in the background, I'm sorry, but as I've said in my previous episodes, it is too hot. It's a bloody sauna here, okay? It's too hot. The AC is just adding to the humidity, so I've got double fans on, the ceiling fan and the pedestal fan. So I'm sorry if you're hearing this in the background, but um, I'm, I, I can't help it. So basically now the Supreme Court has united against the military um, and the establishment, you can say. Basically, I know people keep on and on referring to the military as the establishment, but as I've said over and over again, the military may be a large chunk of the establishment, but it is not entirely uh, the establishment. The establishment is formed of not just military personnel, but also civilian uh retired civilian personnel and officers um, from within the government and government agencies. Okay, so uh, back to this point at hand, and that is that um, a nine bench uh, uh, has sat in order to, um, you know, in order to look into this petition because it was uh, Latif Kosa and uh, Etzaz Essen and Imran Khan they had advised uh, or requested uh, Chief Justice Bandial that he should please, you know, not delay this any further. So although he has been unceremoniously removed, but it is said that I think this is basically just before he left, he uh, created this nine bench, uh, you know, uh, trial so uh, or hearing uh, for the petition. And it is... Um, composed of uh, justices who seemingly were always known to be at odds with each other when it came to the interpretation of law or their interpretation of law uh, and the way they see things. So this was, uh, this might have been a bit of a shock to the establishment or especially to the coalition government who think they know so much but they actually know jack shit. So this was, you know, a sort of a slap in the face of the illegal uh, government. Pakistan and the illegal activities of the military. So this petition, if I may remind you, was basically a petition challenging military courts because uh, as per constitution, military courts no longer exist. They were given special provision. If you remember, uh, after the attack on the army public school, and after that, uh, once that investigation and uh, the martial uh, courts were, uh, when they when they had the trial and everything was done and over with, then after that, the constitution was returned back to its original state, which meant there were going to be no martial courts, no military courts for any civilians or civilian cases, or, uh, you know, in any case, being a democratic constitution. So... Um, they have challenged that and at the same time if you read although I to be very honest I do not like Express Tribune and I stopped reading it for a very long time because I noticed that um, you know it's been very biased instead of having objective journalism but they actually uh, wrote a detailed article in which they in very great detail quoted uh, former Chief Justice uh, uh, Khwaja and um, so I think, yeah, it, it, is, it would be a good reading um, in which he in very great detail and very openly challenged the military's, uh, uh, you know, power, 
the abuse of authority, the abuse of power, and in which he had very openly stated that uh, it uh, that the it being part of the establishment, it is a state within the state, if not referred to as a deep state, it could be an entity on its own, and uh, which he referred to as the establishment. And then he also very openly said that they have been. Uh, you know that they have been controlling land and businesses and they are also controlling politics from behind uh, the scenes you know from the shadows and that uh, we need to now once and for all uh, you know uh, decide uh, you know what our status as a country is are we a country that has democracy and a powerful democratic constitution or are we a country that will forever be in the shadows of dictatorship so that is basically an open very openly uh, uh, very openly stated charge um, or challenge against the military against the establishment by the chief just uh, the former chief justice and and the you know the the elites of the uh, judicial circle the of the bar so um, this is now put into question and and right now it is being heard so let us see what they do the point the problem is my problem is that as we know the Supreme Court has been constantly challenging the military and the government and you know and all the Ill Ill illegal activities but nobody's listening to them because we are basically in an unofficial dictatorship now the thing is how will they force them to listen i do not know i know that the lawyers plan to move on with their movement um, they did that with Imran Khan uh, prior to the elections, which Imran Khan won, if you remember. And they're, they're planning to uh, do it again, you know, uh, with Imran Khan, um, basically, uh, to show their support for Imran Khan because they have they do know that he's the only one who has really been working for total freedom and total apolitization, you understand, neutralization of all concerned organizations, institutions, and departments in the government. Um, so let's see what happens. Uh, we will not be able to find out anything right now because uh, it will go on for a few hours. This is the debate. It's not just a hearing. It's a challenge. It's a debate. It's a hearing. It's all three in one, as we know. So the nine-member bench uh, listening to this petition, challenging this petition, debating on this petition, uh, especially to, as I said, my main concern is even if they do reach a conclusion, how to make sure that it's implemented, how to make sure that the army listens, how to make sure that the establishment listens. So that is what I would like to see. Uh, what do they actually do? Uh, how will they make their decision to make sure that it is implemented? Now if we come to America's activities, uh, you can see very clearly by the fact that Modi was um, officially invited um, for a specific agenda, a specific reason by the American government, the American president. And although, although the lawmakers uh, and certain senators in America like Elhan uh, um, Omar and others, they have boycotted uh, Modi. But still, you know, that does that will not make much of a difference with the president himself having invited him. 
but yes it it it, it also you know it it goes back to what i've been constantly saying that although india is allies with russia and Amer- and pakistan is allies with america but have you noticed how india and america have actually always worked together and america never seems to have a problem with the india's uh, alliance with russia but america always has a problem with pakistan's friendship with russia or with china they are neighbors they we have to be in good terms with them they are neighbors um but america uh, we don't seem to have a problem with america always aligning with india uh, when it comes to military alliance or when it comes to uh working with israel to train and uh, work with uh, the indian army uh, on you know this this new genocide that has been going on in kashmir this was you know thanks to the training of the israel forces uh the fact that the israel mossad went to india to train them on how to commit genocide in kashmir and how to steal their land and how to demolish their homes in exactly the same way as the zionists the who i would refer to as the original the original nazis okay the original nazis were the jews actually from what i can see what's going on you can call them zionists now but the truth is that they are no different from nazis and i would say that they are the original nazis so they uh, the 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 way that they have uh, acted in palestine that is how they're teaching india to act with kashmir and on the other side america and israel are you know just trying to get their hands on kashmir so that they can make it their permanent base where they can sit and constantly wage war uh with china although they know they're going to be at the losing end you know but still who cares because after all warmongering is the biggest um financial resource for america um you know going and destroying uh cities and then rebuilding cities that is how they earn money that's how america has been earning its revenue um first it was through weaponry uh now uh, after weaponry they saw that you know hang on when we destroy places and then we you know uh offer companies uh tender and we win those tenders to reconstruct those cities look at the amount of money and kickbacks we can get so that is america you know uh that is the unique identification of america and it's uh, how it earns its uh, finance how it gets its revenue so we uh the fact that india uh, has played uh, or tried to play a vital role in afghanistan afghanistan seems to very conveniently forget that they talk about third party interference but the truth is the actual third party interference that has been ongoing was india and america um and obviously that is to the detriment of pakistan's interests because pakistan has uh, long forgone its interests every single time america comes in remember america does not have allies every time america suggests alliance with a country understand that the Amer- that america the american government is basically um cornering that country towards its doom so we, there are no allies of america okay there are only those who work with america like india and there are those who america uses and exploits and makes sure that they do not develop and that they remain under american colonization and those are your so called allies 
So yeah, this visit of Modi, if anything, proves my point that why is it that India is allies with Russia, but it's okay for India to have an, uh, an actual alliance with America, but it's not okay for Pakistan to have uh, any sort of uh, trade or any sort of alliance or any sort of partnership with Russia. So that is the hypocrisy that you can see very clear, crystal clear. And you can also see the agenda, the same old agenda that we keep on talking about that Pakistan was initially made just to be a buffer state between Afghanistan and India. And that it was promised to India that Pakistan would never be independent, but it would actually be an autonomous state under federal India. But Qaeda uh, Azam did not let that happen. Uh, he he was aware of what they were trying, and he very neatly got it out of the uh, out from underneath them. And since then, uh, they had been promising each other that okay, let's just wait another ten years, let's just wait another twenty years. But we have lasted seventy odd years. So America right now uh, in desperate need to uh, fulfill British agenda of. Um, stripping Pakistan of its uh, sovereignty, of its independence. You can see what it's doing and we will now realize it even further when they move on to make, to make more drastic moves and to take more drastic measures. Now, why is it a big deal uh, also for the Indians protesting against Modi's visit and the uh, human rights organizations and the senators? and the lawmakers. Well, simply it's because uh, Modi was sanctioned before he became prime minister, if you know. Uh, it's the same kind of sanction that Australia is trying to figure out how to uh, tie up the illegal government of Pakistan in, in, the, in those individuals responsible for human rights violations and constitutional violations of Pakistan. Um, that they're trying to tie them down in those sanctions. is that same sanction um, that they put on Modi once uh, when he was not your prime minister and that was because of Gujarat. People seem to have forgotten but the world has not forgotten, India has not forgotten the massive genocide, the massacre committed uh, in Gujarat against Muslims. Um, the fact that he is a fanatic Nazi Hindu, the fact that he is an extremist Hindu and he, the fact that he and his party have been known for initiating violence against Christians, against other lower castes of Hindus, against Muslims and against even, um, you know, uh, Parsis, anybody who's not in, in uh, you know, part of their, um, their group, you can say, or their caste or their religion. Um, if you remember, they have stripped and raped nuns and they have uh, raped Muslim women, they have killed uh, and tortured and killed loads and loads of men and boys and and so this is, you know, this is something that has been, in, uh, this is something that basically he should have been put into criminal court and in the international criminal court system and he should have been punished forever. But here he is, once he became the prime minister, they had to withdraw the sanctions against him. Um, so yes, this is why, you know, again, we would talk about America and how America, any country's leader that does not um, really um, serve uh, an interest of, uh, with regards to his own country, that, that leader is America's friend. Any leader that works hard for the interest of their country uh, is America's enemy. Um, this is known amongst all the world leaders and many have mentioned it. 
so yes this is why actually modi's visit this is a state visit he has been there many times but this is the first state visit which means the first um official visit that has been granted him invited by the president of america and in which he will be given a state dinner and all that stuff so yes it is a big deal for all those who are concerned about human rights violations concerned about america's hypocrisy and take on human rights violations and uh, concerned about the you know about uh, um about entertaining a murderer basically a mass murderer but then that's what america does america has entertained shabashri if it america has entertained sardari albeit it might be you know through sometimes through back door sometimes out in the open but america has has always entertained mass murderers and criminals um of other countries as i said that is how i mean that is what serves american interest so yes that is why it's a big deal now back to the judges of the supreme court as we know uh, what people found surprising was that judges who basically do not get along well do not see eye to eye have been uh, put together in the same bench the nine member bench uh, to uh, you know to work on the petition against military courts uh, you know regarding civilians so the thing here is that uh, there was something that i that i wondered if you know if this was done you know deliberately you know uh if if this was a strategy by the judges though the judges are not that clever to do such a thing it's more likely as could be a strategy you know amongst the politicians also that okay yeah right let them all get together at the end they're going to you know dissolve everything themselves because they won't get along so there are rumors about how they uh, have already started arguing with each other and uh, uh, some have said that they have dissolved the bench altogether uh, but i don't know i don't know i think um, one cannot listen to or trust uh, any of the news even if it doesn't come from the mainstream media one needs to wait and watch and see what's going on until the end but yeah i mean this was a bit uh, troubling for me when uh, i found out that you know people thought this was a very good thing that you know the supreme court is united and all but you know seriously as i said i've always had my reservations against the judges as well i do feel that the supreme court is vastly to blame for the position that pakistan is in today if the supreme court did not constantly try to um abuse its authority or overuse its authority just because imran khan was a person who respected the rule of law because that is that has been his main motivation behind his movement the rule of law so just because this was a man who listened to the rule of law did not mean that the whole country has changed overnight and everybody is going to listen to you you just shot yourself in the foot and now you need to unshoot yourself which is basically impossible so i'm sorry but as i said before and i've said it time and again i have no sympathy for the supreme court i have no sympathy for the legal system in pakistan because as i said um they are uh i would say they are heavily involved they are to be blamed for where pakistan is today um back to america again and what is america up to um i this is the question i asked the canadian government and embassy and i'll be asking the american government and embassy as well what the frack are you doing about the 
American citizens who are being tortured, who are being imprisoned illegally in Pakistan. Suddenly, they are no longer your citizens. Again, why the frack will anybody want to have an American passport if the American government cannot protect its own citizens? So American government is probably even worse than the Pakistani government when it comes to protection of their citizens. Or is it, as I've already said before, because America has uh, sort of proved that time and again, is that maybe it considers only the white uh, Caucasian uh, species as uh, Americans and any other person who belongs to a different race or ethnicity is not considered American despite whatever it is that it is documented on their passport and in their immigration uh, reports or uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say because uh, as I see, I see America silent, I see Britain silent, I see their people being tortured, being illegally detained, being illegally arrested actually, being, um, and many of them are women. So is this what the Western world, uh, this is their standards for women protection? This is their standards? I mean, come on, we all know America has never even allowed a single woman to become a president. Pakistan has had a female prime minister, not once, but twice at least. She came twice, not once. Bangladesh has got a female prime minister. Um, India has had a pre female prime minister. So we're all much more advanced, it seems, compared to the Western world that talks about uh, women empowerment and all, who, then the Western world has never even had a female premier in their entire history. Um, it's only New Zealand that has suddenly caught up with us. And so here I beg uh, the, the question, uh, what the hell is America doing about its citizens, its female citizens? What the hell are they doing about Khatija? She gets bail and then again they're on to arrest her. Um, all the other females who get bail, they're again looking for ways to arrest them again. They're arresting people over and over again uh, over trumped up charges. The whole world is sitting up and noticing. But at the same time, it's so weird how the world is not doing anything. You have the UNO, you have the United Nations Human Rights High Commissioner. Um, he is taking notice. What the hell do you mean by taking notice? I mean, what? Oh, oh you're too busy standing with Ukraine? Is that it? Yeah, okay. So I'm sorry I disturbed you right here. Go ahead and stand with the women of Ukraine. Oh, let me remind you, they're also Muslims. Um, yeah, maybe you need to back off of that too. And then on the other side, we've got uh, the Human Rights Watch. Um, Human Rights Watch, uh, as usual, they have been uh, massively protesting against whatever it is is going on. But so weird, isn't it, how suddenly nobody's listening to them? It's an international organization. Nobody's listening to them. I have got only one government that I can see is actually doing something, but nowadays I don't even know how far they have gone, and that is the Australian government. But nowadays, as I said, I don't uh, know much of what the Australian government is up to. Have they suddenly decided to just sidetrack the case? What is going on? But America, Canada, Britain, shame on you, okay? Shame on you. Yeah, that's why people like us, you know, refused and rejected your passports. Yeah, because you see, at the end of the day, we are well aware of your hypocrisy. We're well aware of your two-faced dual diplomacy and your policies. And it's right now right out in the open, the way you're allowing your people to be treated like this in another country. And suddenly you're calling it an internal matter. Um, on the other hand, what I would like to say is that the women empowerment who were hired by the illegal government to uh, create to start a smear campaign against Imran Khan's uh, government in which they deliberately created uh, 
incidents and events and and uh, crime cases uh, just to uh, you know and they worked with the police the police has always been under the illegal government it doesn't matter that imran khan came into premiership it did not matter at all because everybody else in every other department were still working for the fifth columnists in in other words for america's uh, slaves and hunting dogs and zardari i thought you were going to gouge the eyes out of the establishment and the army saying that you're not going to let them come back into politics but look at you you're out there in dubai sulking and licking your wounds um nawaz sharif is also just not being able to find a way in through although he is trying to uh, illegally uh, reform the constitution so that he could be prime minister for a fourth time you mofo as if you haven't had enough i mean how much more is there left in this fucking country for you people to eat and then uh, we have uh the actual survey of international organizations with regards to imran khan the fact that they have violated every single thing possible that they could think of just to get rid of one man um their war against the public has proved futile i mean this is something again that i've kept on and on repeating um you cannot fight with the public of an, of of you know the mass of any nation this is uh this is something that the uh usa and the uk and canada and such countries have realized after centuries of failure you cannot fight the mass you cannot win a war against the mass if the mass of the country suddenly decides to make war with you you will always be at the losing end if they suddenly decide to accept your challenge you will always be at the losing end and this time the pakistani public has decided to accept the challenge of the establishment and the army and in fact the public has counter challenged all the government organizations especially the establishment and again this is the for the establishment and for the government organizations um this is not a war you can win this is not even a battle you can win you should have chosen wisely uh you're messing with the wrong people again because this time the people are now to them um they're like okay so you dared mess with us for the first time in our lives we actually chose somebody to govern us to represent us and you just had to go and fuck it up for us so yeah the public as i said before the public is simmering it's boiling it's just waiting to explode and if they explode then the us will implode the uk will implode um the the establishment the army of pakistan everybody is going to implode because as i said warring with mass is a losing war okay you you just placed your bets very wrongly very recklessly and then you exposed yourself because you overestimated um you know yourselves you overestimated american plan you overestimated you're like okay the end has come everything is sold out everything is wrapped up now we just have to come out and dance on the stage well you just fell flat on your face 
Yeah, and a little bit uh, of development as promised on the Supreme Court. Well, the Supreme Court is obviously, um, uh, they have, uh, from what I've understood, they have decided against the military courts uh, because as we know, it goes against the Constitution. And obviously, the illegal government that has been trying its best to utilize military courts, which is again illegal. Um, the Rana Sanaola certainly has, uh, as, as I said before, it doesn't matter how many um orders the supreme court gives because this government is not this government is not imran khan they're not going to listen to the supreme court they're not going to listen to the judiciary so imran so uh, rana sanaullah has flatly uh, refused to accept the decision of the court not only that when one of the journalists uh, questioning isagdar was actually trying to ask about this um, objectively isagdar actually slapped the journalist on the face. Oh, where is Maria Morangzeb's speech? Can you please bring it back and just you know repeat it for us? Where she said in her press conference that we have never said or done anything to censor the media. We have always been friends with the journalists. We have never done anything to harm any journalist. We have never hit or hurt or harm or tortured or imprisoned a journalist. Yeah. The latest survey has shown um, with the, in great detail, and I'm not going to go into that great detail, um, the great detail can be found uh, printed on their uh, site and as well as, you know, you can just check out the survey uh, on the political party's uh, ratings in Pakistan. And basically, generally overall, Imran Khan is still extremely popular. If nothing else, he's become even more popular um, throughout the country. Uh, People's Party, as always, is uh, popular only within those places in Sindh uh, which basically belong to them. So basically, they're slaves, you know, the slaves who have no choice but uh, to vote for them. Um, Karachi has become more and more pro-PTI, pro-Imran Khan, uh, especially the Urdu-speaking side. And that is because uh, MQM has completely lost them, uh, even though all three parties of MQM united and even they united or separately, they have lost. Uh, so Karachi is no, not at all interested in MKM anymore. So they, their stronghold has been broken. It was broken the first time around anyway, and they could never get it back. So obviously, as I said, northern areas have always been uh, pro-PTI. Punjab was the massively pro-PTI, still is. Um, Nawaz Sharif thought that he could regain Punjab, but uh, the truth is the people of Punjab are already sick and tired and fed up of this family, um, that we just want them to be killed. We don't even want them to, you know, disappear from our sight. We literally want them to be killed. We want them to be hanged, drawn, and quartered. To be very honest, this is the sentiments of the people of Punjab. The only people that you will see around Nawaz Sharif, again, are, are similar to Zardari's um, supporters, and that is the slaves and those who have benefited from under them and those who are related to them, um, you know, one way or the other. Otherwise, massively, on a massive scale, Punjab is totally anti-PMLN. Uh, and anti anybody and everybody who's not PTI is as simple as that. Um, so if the elections that they are now suddenly scrambling to uh, start, if these elections take place, 
um, do understand one thing. If Imran Khan is not allowed to take part in the elections, people will not vote. You need to understand this, please, and keep this on the record, okay? People will not vote. Um, votes will be, as before, rigged, uh, stolen. Um, they will be fabricated because this is how they have always won. This also you need to put on the record. Um, PPP, PMLN, all these parties that have ever won the elections previously in Pakistan, they have never been fair and free elections, never. And because they know that they that the votes of the overseas Pakistanis are the votes that they literally cannot steal or um, you know fabricate or tamper with in any way, that is why they have not allowed, they never allowed Imran Khan to uh, f you know, finish the process of giving all voting rights to uh, overseas Pakistanis. And that is one of the reasons they quickly ousted him because he was on the verge of finalizing that as well. Um, this was something that would be extremely detrimental to the establishment, to uh, the army, as well as to the any 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 government body that would uh, that is has been partaking in illegal processes uh, within the country, especially during elections. So you need to please understand this, and you need to note it down. Mark my words: if the elections take place, and if any of these parties come into play, or if any coalition is formed again, whatever. If PTI is not a clear winner, then understand that the elections have been rigged. Also, uh, read the Supreme Court. As I said, the formal decisions have not yet been handed out. It is still in debate. They're, 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 the, the case is still going on. But it is amidst this case uh, that Rana Sanaola suddenly uh, makes the statement that we will object uh, we will never listen to any decision that will go against the uh, military laws, uh, military courts. Um, but you need to un uh, understand that they, when they suddenly make these statements in between, there is usually behind it either a subtle blackmail to a certain judge or a pressure upon uh, an open pressure upon the judges. Uh, or And at the same time, it is also a threat. So basically, Rana Sanaula is threatening the judges that, that they shouldn't dare to make any decision uh, in light of the constitution and that they should fall in with the government's stance. Also, we need to note that the nine-member bench has been reduced to seven-member bench with uh, Chief Justice Isa walking out and another judge walking out. So two, two justices have walked out. Of the, bench, of the bench and and the problem here is that it is illegal it is illegal for any of the judges to leave the bench just like that or to may to be made to leave so again you know that that might create a problem or a loophole for those who would refuse to listen to any uh, decision that uh, is finally made once this case is over and in this boiling heat where we're all just looking for any excuse to explode. This is me signing out for the harvest.